Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for July 28, 2019. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jacks Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon this morning is entitled, Jesus is Coming, Look Busy. But the punch isn't ready, so I'll go ahead and preach. (laughs) Kathleen Tunson, thank you. Choir, Monty, thank you so much for today. Someone asked Jesus when the kingdom was coming. I don't know whether they meant the kingdom of Israel or the kingdom come. It doesn't matter. Jesus' answer, his way, is an antidote for either anxiety political anxiety of the day or end of the age anxiety, here's what Jesus said. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. Keep awake. Some people say stay woke, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Or, as one bumper sticker says it, Jesus is coming, look busy. (laughs) Now, I like the bumper sticker, though I might prefer Jesus is coming, get busy or stay busy, or actually be busy. I'm not sure what precise message the driver of that bumper was trying to convey, but the point should be, when Jesus comes, our living needs to convince the rest of the world, if not Jesus himself, that even if the rest of the world is just anxiously waiting on the apocalypse, we need to be working. You know, Jesus needs to find you doing what you do. Teaching, training, accounting, coaching, doctoring, nursing, buying, selling, policing, protecting, counseling, designing, drawing, directing, writing, reporting, programming computers, painting houses, serving coffee, waiting tables, repairing engines, Cleaning teeth, cutting hair, flipping burgers, collecting data, collecting trash, cutting grass, setting shingles, building houses, making music, milking cows, fighting fires. Did I leave anything out? (laughs) Preaching. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Maybe Jesus being a good Jew, knowing his Bible well, maybe Jesus got his theology from the preacher of Ecclesiastes, who also believed that staying busy was the answer to life's vanity, to the meaninglessness that can otherwise overwhelm us. His is an honest, if jaded, look at life. Vanity, vanity, says the writer of Ecclesiastes, all things are vanity. Nothing makes sense. The wicked prosper. The righteous die young. Good? Bad? What's the difference? Who knows? 
Can we even find that out? Does it even matter? This is a hard book. To sum it up with one sentence, life stinks and then you die. The good and the bad, the rich and the poor, the spiritual and the secular, the righteous and the unrighteous, whatever that all means. The old preacher says he has searched out meaning in all of the best places. He has sought great wisdom, and this is all he has learned. You can't make sense of it, try as you may. Life is just what it is. Life just happens as the world keeps on spinning. Nothing is new, same old, same old. Babies are born, empires crumble. Corruption never dies. Religious ideas just change voices. Governments disappoint. God doesn't intervene. A good meal and a nice glass of wine may be life's most satisfying moment. Life with the one you love may be as good as it gets. Now you can imagine this preacher in his younger years perhaps being idealistic, seeking answers in the comforts of conventional religion, in the spiritual platitudes of his day. But in his older years, he seems to have turned to the reality that he has learned in the hard knocks life. His cynicism sounds a little bit like Yeats in those opening lines of his poem, The Second Coming. Turning and turning in the ever-widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. We can imagine that maybe the preacher once wanted more. If only life did make sense. If only there were a reason bad things happen to good people. If only everything did happen for a reason. But in his older, more mature, wiser years, he has come to this resolution. Even if you cannot make sense of it, even if you feel like you are spending your life on that little wheel, always running, always spinning, never getting anywhere, even then, God is with us. And life is what we make of it by working. What gain have the workers for their toil? I have seen the business that God has given everyone to be busy with. God has made everything suitable for its time. So whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. While the preacher of this old, unconventional book may be relentlessly unconventional, aggravatingly honest, disconcertingly cynical, there is a sure message to his logic And God is at the heart of it, which makes his work a theology, not just a philosophy. In the midst of his cynicism, there is a surprising comfort in his conviction. Life is uncertain. Platitudes will not suffice. There is no place for easy answered. Rose-colored glasses do not change anything in the real world. Life is hard, so get to work.
Look busy. Jesus is coming. In a passage that has been quoted ad nauseum by preachers and the spiritual lights of social media. I guess a spiritual light is kind of like a social light. Um, Frederick Beekner says of our work, neither the hair shirt nor the soft birth will do. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. In other words, vocation isn't about some kind of self-flagellating sacrifice. The hair shirt was sometime worn by ascetics, by spiritual seekers trying to purify their souls, to exorcise from their spirits the lust of the flesh. But that isn't what our work should be, Beekner says, not drudgery nor pain, not some endless torment just pointing to some purification by doing it. On the other hand, neither should our work be too easy, the soft birth, B-E-R-T-H. A birth is a ship's allotted place at a wharf or a dock. I think what Beekner means here is that a proper vocation itself should take a little bit of work. It may not be obvious what you should do with your life, what you should be when you grow up, who you should be. Maybe it shouldn't be obvious. Maybe the right vocation, if it is a true vocation, will require a little soul searching as we search out what is meaningful for us and for the world. The place God calls you to is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I love Beekner's insight and his idealism. What more could we want for anyone, for everyone, than to find that perfect job, the perfect place of employment, that fulfilling career that meets both criteria, our deep gladness and the world's deep need? Wow, wouldn't that just be great? In this same passage, which comes from his book, Wishful Thinking, Beekner elaborates on the idea of vocation. It comes from the Latin word vocare, to call, and means the work human beings are called to by God. There are all different kinds of voices calling you to all different kinds of work. And the problem is to find out which is the voice of God rather than the voice of society, say, or the superego or self-interest. By and large, a good rule for finding out is this. The kind of work God usually calls you to is the kind of work, A, that you need, need most to do, and B, that the world most needs to have done. If you really get a kick out of your work, you have presumably met requirement A. But if your work is writing TV deodorant commercials, the chances are you've missed requirement B. On the other hand, if your work is being a doctor in a leper colony, you have probably met requirement B, but if most of the time you're bored and depressed by it, the chances are you have not only bypassed A, but probably are not helping your patients much either. Neither the hair, short nor, hair shirt nor the soft birth will do. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Now, wouldn't it be great if everyone in the world could find their true vocation, meaningful work, not just labor for a paycheck? If everyone's work was meaningful, had a spiritual component, was life-giving for the worker and the world, wouldn't that be great? I think that would be great. 
And I think the preacher of Ecclesiastes would call a party foul on Beekner's idealism. Can't you just hear him now scoffing at Beekner? Come on, Beekner, please. What world are you living in? I know making TV deodorant commercials isn't what the world most needs to have done, but I'm glad somebody's selling deodorant. <laughs> right? Now, I appreciate Beekner's wisdom, and I like the idea that all people can be called to their life's work, whatever that is. That God is part of what we do. That work shouldn't just be a sentence of pain for a paycheck. But I'm going to be prone here to take sides with the old preacher and to say that I don't know how much of an idealistic calling there could possibly be in pouring asphalt on a July afternoon. But I'm glad somebody is out there doing it. You understand what I mean? Everybody's life's work can't be idealistic. Everybody's life's work can't fit Beekner's mold. Exactly what you want to do, the deepest heart of your soul, fulfilling, meaningful. It just doesn't happen that way all the time, folks. You know that. All of you aren't in your life's most meaningful place. It just doesn't happen that way. There is a realism to the perspective of Ecclesiastes that overshadows the romantic idealism of Beekner's call to vocational fulfillment. Human beings should pursue vocational fulfillment, not just jobs. Young people, as you consider your future, something more important than money needs to be in your mind as you consider a college major and a career path. For people of faith, just making a good salary should never be enough to satisfy. Think about that as you think about your life's work. It's not just about how much money you bring home in the paycheck. We need to ask, is what we are giving to our lives to meaningful work? Is there any intrinsic goodness to what we do? Are we making the world a better place? And even if making TV deodorant commercials makes the world a better place, and I have no idea that I have no doubt that it does, is that what we are called to do? Is that enough for us? Is that the best for me? That's something you have to ask. I have to ask. The bottom line for the preacher of Ecclesiastes, however, isn't wrapped up in this kind of idealism. Yes, let's begin with idealism. What is the best possible work I could do for me and for the world? Could I actually have a vocation and not just a job? Let's begin there. But let's remember that wherever we find ourselves, whatever our lot in life, God is there. Whatever your hands find to do, Perfect or just practical, purposeful or just perfunctory, inspiring or just insipid, whatever your hand finds to do, needed or just necessary, God is in all the work. So look busy. Better, get busy. Stay busy. Actually, be busy. 
In this meantime, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might, and you will find God in the work. Maybe that's the way the kingdom actually comes. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.